Okay, uh, we're, we're we're ready, Gordon. If you want to give it a go. I was just thinking what it's like to like have parents that are so into like the Hobbit movies. They name their kids after hobbits or something. Oh, God. Oh. What? Like uh, Gimli? Is that worse, or is that or Game of Thrones is worse? I don't know. Mm. Who would be? I mean, there probably were some Jon Snows, but I mean, I can't imagine Khaleesi. The mountain is, is, is that a <laughs> real mountain. name? <laughs> the mountain. Yeah, I First don't think. The I don't know how to pronounce mountain. it. I never watched the show, <laughs> but I'm oh, pretty sure there were some kids that got named that. It was actually a really good show, and I, of course, I only watched like I recommend you just sort of skip the first two seasons. The th- third season it heats up, and then the actual true fans get like Star Wars toxic about the last season. So I don't, I, which I don't understand. So they get really upset about it. I mean, it's fandom, which, man. It's just I just I was trying to explain to somebody. It's like mm-hmm. you know what? It could have been worse. Every 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 show ends horribly. That wasn't as horrible, so let me tell you. As, it's just... as a person who has been a Game of Thrones book series fan since literally, I think I was like 12, I think is when it started coming out, uh, and I still don't have a final book yet. I don't even want to hear the complaints from the TV show fans complaining <laughs> about the finale. <laughs> oh. But let's go. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, let me, let me take it off. There we go. And Gordon, we're ready. Let's do it. In this episode of The Full Nerd... RTX TI rumors, CPU shakeups, and ATX 12VO for all. Oh, crap. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> were, uh, that was my bad. Let's do, let's do one more time. One more time. Sorry. Really? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> In this episode of The Full Nerd. Oh, damn it. See, now I can't. In this episode of Full Nerd, RTX TI rumors, CPU shakeups, and ATX 12VO for all. There we go. Got me a paycheck for today. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 178. I'm your host, Gord Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. I'm in a Hawaiian shirt. In a Hawaiian shirt? Alina Yee is here, not in a Hawaiian shirt. That's true. I would back Brad on this one, saying that this one is a Hawaiian shirt, though. What? <laughs> You're not wearing a Hawaiian shirt. No, I'm saying that... Never mind. Just keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Adam Patrick Murray is in what we would classify as a Hawaiian shirt, but I don't want to judge his Hawaiian shirt, so it's a shirt with flowers on it. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to correct you at the top of the show, but it's pronounced Adam. Uh, you, yeah, I just, just want to correct you before we, we get too much further. Uh, yeah, the verticals and horizontals are under my control. We're here. We're ready to talk about rumors. Even though Brad hates rumors, we, we pinned him down to the floor, gave him a nogi, and said, you're going to listen to these rumors, Brad. Right? Thanks, Lance. my growing bald spot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Computex is next week. Uh, I believe it was canceled last year. It's back in full force this year, albeit in virtual form. Uh, and there are all sorts of rumors popping up around all the major PC companies that you would expect at a big show like that. I'm going to talk about, we're seeing a lot of graphics card rumors heading into the show. A couple episodes ago, we talked about RTX 3080 Ti and 3080, 3070 Ti possibly being announced at the show. Uh, video cards, uh, the notorious slash infamous slash often accurate leaking site has said... NVIDIA is going to announce those cards during its keynote with reviews coming shortly thereafter. Uh, And adding some fuel to that fire, 
on a Chinese shopping site, Razer began offering pre-built systems with the RTX 3070 Ti and 3080 Ti inside of them. So there's some smoke to go with that fire, or vice versa, however it works out. Whoops. Is that <laughs> is, is that legit? I mean, it, 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 you know, you call that a leak versus a rumor. Is that, like, how it's substantial that, is that? <laughs> I mean, that's... When you see something like that, that's much more than a standard leak or rumor. Like, I would call that a leak, perhaps. I don't know. But that does seem... The virtual background does not like my Hawaiian shirt. Uh, that That is more substantial than what you would normally see. Uh, we talked about these cards a couple episodes ago. You can go back and look at that then. Uh, based off the rumors that we've been seeing, it looks like the 3080 Ti is going to be damn near not quite a full fat 3090 with 12 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory. Uh, potentially with that new... Light hash rate technology would be my guess that NVIDIA announced this week that is coming to the rest of the GeForce lineup except for the 3090. Whereas the 3070 Ti looks like a slightly faster 3070 based off the rumored specs. Again, we talked about those in much more detail a couple weeks ago, so I don't want to get too far into it. Uh, so yeah, it looks like we might have more new graphics cards that you probably can't buy soon. What's the rationale for that, though, Brad? I I was a little confused because I sort of assumed after NVIDIA confirmed that they were doing new spins of silicon with this light hash rate limiter technology to you know make them less attractive to miners. I sort of assumed that maybe the TI rumors would just kind of go away because why introduce a new card if mostly the reason to do a, a TI level was would be to discourage miners and at the same time give them some legal cover to cut off that feature. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they've they've done light hash rate on the existing lineup, and then they're going to add these new ones with the new uh, limiter. So if it works, then they're going to be less attractive to miners. Yep. But why? it seems like a lot of overlap between all, all these parts. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, that's always the case with these TI models. Like NVIDIA tends to really hit every part of that product market segment stack. Throughout these, and it has been, you know, seven, eight. Now, I don't even remember when they launched at this point, but it's been a while since the RTX 30 series launched. So, this is about the time frame where you would typically start to see TI models anyway. Uh, and AMD is really firing on all cylinders with RDNA 2, the graphic desktop graphic cards that they've put out so far. Uh, hold up really, really well against NVIDIA counterparts, uh, aside from the lack of a DLSS competitor. Uh, which rumors say AMD might also announce that at Computex. So it might be a fun show. Uh, so, you know, the 6900 XT gets really close to the 3090, despite costing $500 less. And it beats it in several games, especially once you turn on uh, smart access memory slash resizable bar. So rolling this out lets NVIDIA presumably put resizable bar into this put all that kind of the hash rate limiter into this. And if the rumored specs are true, it's just a hair shy of a 3090. So it will compete a lot better with the 6900 XT uh, than the 3090 does, would be my guess. As far as a gaming product, not a Uber mining and content creation thing. Because the 3090, I mean, it is it is that high-end content creation card. How much? I can't remember how much memory did it have. 
24 gigabytes oh, of GDDR6X. Okay. It's if you need it, it's well worth the 1500 bucks. That's one of the few cards I've reviewed as both a work and a play card. Uh, I find it interesting that Nvidia's new announcement about the light hash rate limiter doesn't include the 3090. Uh, so that card is still going to be able to mine and put all those ultra fast gigabytes of memory to good use. So if the 3080 Ti doesn't have it, that'd be a way for gamers to get almost that level of performance with a level of memory capacity that makes more sense for 4K gaming. Got it. Yeah, that I guess because I mean they made it pretty hard to compete price wise with what the 6900 XT was. All that memory, which most gamers don't need. Huh. So, do you, yeah. do you think these will just simply all? I mean, do you guess? Because typically the TI cards kind of make the older ones far less desirable, and they they kind of go away. Do you think the demand is just so high? We'll just see everything sold all the time. You know, I think we're still, even though Ethereum and Bitcoin are kind of crashing. I think the rest of this year, especially with the pent up demand, we're going to see cards basically being sold out the rest of the time. Anyway, I do hope suspect that all these new hash rate limited cards might be more available to gamers because miners aren't going to want them as much because of the high investment costs. But that being said, I do think there is space for both the 3080 and the 3080 Ti to live as well as the 3090 because there's a massive gulf in, gulf in price between them going off of MSRP, which yeah, doesn't <laughs> actually exist these days. But theoretically, looking at the stack, you know, the 3080 is 700 bucks. And then it was the big jump all the way at 1500 bucks for the 3090. Which the 3090 still makes sense if you want to use it for mining or content creation. This 3080 Ti has $300 in separation between it and the 3080. And I think there's going to be room for all of them to exist. And wait, where does the 3070 supposedly fall in? With price uh, and faster. RAM, actually? Uh, I believe it was 8 gigabytes of RAM. Which would be fine for 1440p gaming, uh, especially because it's rumored to be the faster GDDR6X. Uh, and that is really just like NVIDIA always does. AMD came out with something good. It has the 6700 XT, you know, the 6800, you know, kind of leaves the 3070 in a weird place. Uh, 3070 Ti is just going to better compete against that, would be my guess. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. <clears throat> and who knows? We might even we might see a new graphics card from AMD at the show. We might see its you know fidelity FX super resolution stuff at this show. We might see Radeon laptops. It could be a very very big show for for gamer for gamers next week. Yeah, I I because I was kind of wondering because we know how competitive Nvidia is. I did wonder if like maybe they have better insight into what AMD is going to be showing off at Computex, and you know they like to spoil things. So maybe that's Maybe that's the motivation here, So, but we don't really mm -hmm. know. I wouldn't be surprised by that. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Because obviously AMD has announced that they have more stuff coming, and they, they've said like the Radeon laptops are coming in the first half of this year, kind of a deal. And all the rumors are going around about Fidelity, Fidelity FX super resolution potentially launching in the next couple months. So NVIDIA does like to carpet bomb PR, the competition, out of the way. So... That could be what this is as well. Do you think, though, um, is is are we really seeing the mining thing kind of waning, or is it are people starting to wind down on that because their sort of values uh, going down? And I'm just wondering if people if are 
saying that, and it could happen, but I was looking around the, online this morning, and the 5700 XT, so not the 6700, the last gen one, uh, those are still going for 800 plus dollars, and they launched at 400. So it might be windy down, but it's still crazy. I, yeah. I would not. I, I'm, I wouldn't personally bet on it winding down anytime soon, just because. Even with the big drop in price for Ethereum and Bitcoin, it's still profitable to mine stuff. So it's just not insanely profitable to mine stuff. It's just profitable. Yeah, but you know what's weird about markets is it creates a, it it creates its own panic. And <laughs> once the first person runs for the exit, you know, mm-hmm. everybody starts running for the exit. And I kind of wonder if. It'll go from, yeah, it's coming down. It's, you know, it's trending down to like, yeah, it's going to fall off a cliff suddenly. And then suddenly these cards are awash everywhere. That's the hope, right? That's the hope for everyone who's been trying to get these since September. I know people who who put in claims and queues and stuff like that, pre-ordered stuff, the day that the 3080 launched and still haven't got their cards. It really does kind of show why NVIDIA and AMD really, even though they sell Every they sell everything out due to demand from uh, mining, which in, in itself builds the scalping market. You could see like if suddenly the market crashed as they introduce a new product line, it just screws everything up for a quarter or two, you know. And and I I can see them like oh here we go again. We're just stuck with a whole ton of cards that now the pent once that pent up demand goes away, then you get people like really hoping for you know, closeout sales, and then you yeah. just have you just have a warehouse of cards sitting around again. Yep, I think that's why, part of the reason why, NVIDIA has already said, you know, don't expect RTX 40 series this year. Hmm. Uh, even if they could technically have it, I think they would wait and give all this stuff a chance to settle down. Yeah. So uh, I just looked on the uh, NVIDIA, they have a events post uh, about... Uh, Computex, and it says the the keynote uh, is actually not even going to be Jensen. It's going to be Jeff Fisher and Malvir Das, uh, Manvir Das, uh, talking about the trans- transformational power of accelerated computing from gaming to the enterprise data center. Uh, do you, does that really sound like they're going to announce TI variants that, at this? That sounds like every single NVIDIA keynote name of the last five years. They really play hard into those keywords. But the thing to pay attention to is Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher is the dude in charge of GeForce, basically. He's the one. He's ahead of that. So if he's doing a presentation at Computex, that would lead me to believe that there's something big coming out of GeForce. Over Jensen. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, because Jensen came out and announced the 3080 and the 3070, you know, all the big first launches for the generation. Now that we're into the TI refreshes, they're not kind of on the same level. I mean... People are still going to be excited about them, of course, but it makes sense to have the GeForce head come out and talk about those. Okay. Yeah, they would reserve him for introducing, you know, a theoretical forty series, and yeah, probably at a standalone event. And there is a lot of competition. You don't want to look like your because there is somebody uh, in Team Red is, I think, doing a keynote at Computex as well, and you don't want to make it look like you're coming after them. So, I would think that. That that would that would explain it. They they would not hit roll him out just to do this. Although he did do the the, the ten eighty Ti right right. That was a that was a big deal back then. Yeah, that was yeah. A, yeah. It was a big deal. Still a good card. 
<laughs> well, that card, you remember, that was right before Vega came out. Much delayed Vega, and they were talking up Vega like it was going to beat the pants off of Pascal at the time, GTX 10 series. And so the 1080 Ti was just like a monster of a card. And that was him going, hey, come at us, AMD. Yeah. And AMD didn't beat him. So. Uh, one last copy text thing before we move on. Is there any uh, any talk of maybe an Intel GPU showing up, a, a desktop part? Uh, I go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, Brad, because all I saw were the headlines. Yeah, uh, I believe Intel has said it hopes to launch gaming class chips this year. Uh, I don't think in the immediate time frame. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some sort of technology teaser. Uh, there have been more rumors. There's rumors everywhere about everything recently uh, saying that uh, Intel's gaming grade desktop uh, graphics cards, there might be five of them, but it might be closer to the end of the year, or even early next year. But those are rumors. I have no idea about the validity of them. Those are just what's floating around the Internet right now. I would be surprised to see a graphics card launch from Intel. We might see a teaser. It would just be crazy if there was one show where three different companies released new GPUs. <laughs> soon, right? soon that's going to be the <laughs> standard. Cool. Imagine the there's already the posturing between NVIDIA and AMD adding a third one in there. Oh, man. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm already yeah. tired just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then how do you, how do they, because, you know, you have to work an angle against your competition mm-hmm. and you have to know what they're going to do. And, you know, everybody, it's so weird because I, is Intel really going to play in that 3090, 3080 Ti range? You know, probably do they, not. Do they need to right now, though? Because I really feel like the budget end is not getting any love. So, like, they could just sweep right in and suck that right up. No, I mean, yeah, that's – I think they don't have to because, honestly, if you could introduce a mid-price, you know, more affordable GPU right now, you'd be everybody's hero – um, in six months, though, when if that card comes out, we're talking early next year, situation may be very different. AMD and NVIDIA especially may have enough dies to push into the lower end. It's a tougher fight, right? Right now, I don't think it would necessarily cause NVIDIA to push out, you know, more affordable, low-cost dies when, you know, all the money's mainly at the top end. I, AMD's, I AMD's CEO just recently, just yesterday, was at a conference admitting that they prioritize the higher end chips right now because of the shortage. So, yeah, and it, it makes sense, right? That's you want to make money. They they are here. I don't know why everybody ascribes for profit publicly held companies as your best friend to give you a good deal. They're they're here to give you the best deal so you don't buy somebody else's product, but they're best deal ideally would be as high as they could charge you so that's that's hope, how it operates i'm hoping that whenever intel does come in it starts to shake things up because the way prices have been going the last couple of gpu generations have really bummed me out like you were just referring to a mid-price card like like 3070 class let's say intel comes out at that card is 500 dollars. to call that mid-price these days is wild to me uh that used to be the high end even just a couple of gpu generations ago yep. uh the rtx 20 series price increases have stuck uh with the 30 series and amd has followed in those footsteps and is pricing things in line with nvidia i'm hoping the a third party entering uh could start to drag some of those prices back down i'd love uh, to see it hit holiday personally because i think that's a time where people usually like to 
buy parts to build you know things for people as presents or presents to themselves and if you had a third option then that would make things very interesting also right. uh, sam in the chat says later nvidia enters the cpu market and then it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> it's just a brawl everywhere <laughs> no that i mean it would be it would be very an interesting world if nvidia was successful at, at buying ARM. Although, Elena, earlier you said, does Intel have to have a, a, a 3080 Ti, 3090 competitor? I don't think they necessarily have to, but look at the look at the headwinds AMD has fought this whole time. They have had really, really, you know, competent graphics cards, mid-range, you know, even high higher end, above mid-range. And the, every time somebody goes, well, where's your 3080? Where's your your where's your where's your 2080 Ti? Where's your 3090? Right? And I do think it matters somewhat. I, you know, maybe that's just press coverage. I mean, I would agree with that in the terms of like capturing like what's the term for it? I'm going to make something up. Heart share. Like just in terms of, you know, capturing the hearts of uh, DIY builders, you do need something that kind of razzles and dazzles. But honestly, I feel like for Intel, the reason why I brought it up is that they don't need to go by that playbook. They're Intel. I mean, even, even with them being on their back foot, as we've kind of said, in terms of CPUs or whatnot and catching up with their um, process nodes and all that, like they still hold so much of the market that they they can kind of go their own route on this, I think. They don't necessarily have to win over the hearts of, like, the enthusiasts to still please their shareholders. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of power because you're brokering a deal with a, you know, a tier one OEM that's selling, you know, 30 million computers a year. You sell them these GPUs, you give them a better deal on it, and, yeah, I know that, that does hold a lot of sway. But I, I do wonder if... Most companies need to have Halo products. It, you know, the whole idea is you get them in to see your Corvette and they, they drive away with the Chevette is the, the old saying, I think. And yeah, I, I think they at least have to have a perf- a mid-range performer. I don't think they have to go all the way to the top end. But if they're going to come out with a, a 1650 Ti killer, I think that's going to make people a little less excited. I mean, yeah, it's great for people in the cheap seats, but people can be like, yeah, as far as you could shoot as a 1650 Ti, then I think that's going to disappoint people. But, you know, all the rumors I have heard is it will definitely be above a, a 1650 Ti. But still, you know, I'm just saying you need something to at least show that, yeah, you have, a, you know, a, a reasonably fast graphics card to show it off. <laughs> CMC Knight in the chat says uh, Intel just needs to win the hearts of Best Buy. they just need to get products on the shelves right (laughs) yeah i mean right now if you could put an intel branded video card that competed with the 6700 or 3070 and you price it lower than them just to mess with them you'd you'd sell them by the truckload you know or or you get a a bundle deal cpu gpu it's both intel (laughs) there you go yeah it works great together yeah it does it, it does get really interesting later on right especially AMD and with holding two parts and Intel holding two parts, there's a lot of advantage to that. A lot of advantage to be gained. So what's NVIDIA going to do down the road? I just want to see a 70 class uh, Intel card for 330. Just just to kind of put a point on it. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd love to see that too. That would disrupt everything and it would force AMD and NVIDIA to react, I would think, because 
everybody loves talking about 3080 Ti's. That's 2%, 1% of all the buyers of graphics cards. 3070 is, in fact, a pretty small segment compared to 1650s and, and lower end cards. So that's that is that is also ultimately where you you sell the most for volume. But I don't think you get a lot of people talking about. It. You don't get people excited. So uh, talk about disrupting and getting people to talk about stuff. Gordon, are, are, is AMD going to switch over to a different pin net layout for their? Their, their their CPUs LGA is this true? It sounds like it. I don't have all the information. In fact, Elena is our topic expert here because she has read the news. I've only skimmed the uh, rumor headlines. Uh, let me see if I actually have this tab up. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, this this could be different, right? You know, no no more bent pins on on AMD yeah. CPUs. So no more no more PGA pin grid array. We're going to go to land grid array. Similar to what you've seen on on Intel CPUs, similar to what you've seen on Threadripper, and it sounds like for AM5 for the next generation of uh, AMD CPUs, they will finally be moving to an LGA arrangement. Which that's the rumor, yeah. Yeah. So if the rumors the, are true, if the rumors, <laughs> if are, the rumors true. are true. So Tech Power Up reported on Saturday over the weekend, I think. Um, that uh, there was a tweet from Executable Fix saying that uh, AM5 is going to move to LGA uh, with a pin count of uh, 1,718 pins. So that's more if uh, than the LGA 1700, which is uh, supposed to be what Alder Lake S is going to be on. Um, there's really not a lot of news outside of that. Where, like Really, the headline is just like, hey, they're going to make this change, maybe. Um, hmm. yeah. I Ex- executable fix has been somewhat reliable with uh, rumors in the past, so it's not just like some random dude on Twitter saying it. I mean, it is, but it's someone who has been right a few times. In the past. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Uh, it's it's not the first time AMD has used LGA, but I think it'd be the first time in a long while that they would go back to LGA. And uh, I, I was I was fascinated by the reactions that I saw to it. A lot of people were really excited, but personally, I I'm a little weird, I guess, because I know that a CPU is generally more expensive than a motherboard. But um, oh, the idea of having to fix a broken pin in a motherboard just makes my blood run cold. I'd rather just deal with the CPU. I've I've had to do that with an embargoed motherboard for <laughs> embargoed products before. <laughs> And it's terrible. Like, I'm, I'm way more likely to bend a pin on a CPU than a motherboard. But if you bend a pin on a motherboard, it is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, uh, sorry, I, there's something in the chat I, I need to address. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, you know, I'm gonna, just going to address this now. Uh, Gordon, we have a super fan, uh, has entered the chat. They, they gave us $100 super chat because uh, they're such a big fan. It says, Dear Mr. Gordon, I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan. I even got the underground mags you did with build plans. I even got your autograph when you wrote it on a starter cap. Your biggest fan. Uh, it was, it's not Stan, it's Gamers Nexus. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of what that is. I, I, I honestly can't remember anything. It's really kind of like crazy, but no, thank you. Thank you, uh, Gamers Nexus. You know, I'm, I'm 
you know, whoever it is at the Gamers Access crew, that's cool. It's really neat. Doing good stuff there too. We got we got to get Steve on over here again. Yeah, so. we got to get Steve on. We we need to, we actually had planned years ago to maybe go out to his uh, his studio. I know he just put up a, a new studio tour that that would be pretty fun. Uh, that do, place so. looks awesome. I'm jealous yeah. of that space. We should make a trip out there once we can do a trip again. So yeah, no, that, the that'd be great. Evolution of Gordon's facial expressions was just perfect. Yeah. Is it 100 U.S. dollars or Canadian? You know, sometimes <laughs> uh, these are marked as, as U.S. dollars. Yes, on on uh, YouTube. Okay. So <laughs> I mean, it's not Linus, so it's yeah. not going to be Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Although the way the dollar's going, it's almost even these days. Ooh, so. oh, but thank you, thank you again, Steve. If that's Steve or anybody else at Gamers Nexus, so cool, cool stuff. Oh, actually, he he said he I tried to- he tried to send 100 Doge coins, but uh, it, it didn't. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm, always, wow. I'm always worried about attracting the attention of Much the wow. IRS. So, uh, so back, cool. back, back to the topic at hand. Uh, as as a the the resident noob here, what what benefit other than uh, bent pins or harder to bend pins on the CPU does does moving to a platform like this actually do? Uh, do, you, do you get any sort of advantage computationally, or is is it just a a process change is actually somebody had a question earlier before before stan uh mentioned uh rick elder said uh, is there a production advantage to, go, to going lga could that be it you know i i'm not exactly certain anymore i i do remember it being being explained to me when they when intel first moved to lga um from pids but uh, i i do believe there is a, a power advantage also a density advantage I mean, you know, there's a reason why Threadripper is is a is PGA. You know, there's 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 actually a mechanical electrical advantage of going to uh, LGA over PGA. It's far more modern. Um, at the same time, I do agree with everybody. I've repaired plenty of AMD bent pins successfully. Um, I've had less luck, although I have repaired LGA on a motherboard, but generally it can be far more fatal to bend those, especially when you really, really mash those pins on a motherboard. It can be pretty fatal. So Actually, this is That's funny because you, you had talked about this last week, how motherboard manufacturers get the short end of the stick because they, they have to include all the, the cables and stuff. Is this another way to uh, to make the RMA on, on motherboards rather than on the CPU? <laughs> I think I think there's actually my guess is there's legitimate you know technical reasons you know if if all the rumors are true and AMD is going to DDR5 uh maybe PCI5 they may just simply need a more modern platform and you know PGA is so old I can see going away from it there's just really no there's no reason to be wed to it anymore I mean it's kind of cool you did it so long but it's like very ancient technology, and, and I think they probably were driven to do this for a lot of reasons, which I'm sure will be explained if it does happen. But I don't think people should get too radioactive over it. You know, I mean, it's been fine. Yes, it is. It can be bad, but it's been fine generally on on the Intel side. And there are some benefits. I recently bought a a Celeron CPU because I'm in an in an anti. Uh, performance contest with Ian Cutrus. I'm trying to underperform his lowest performance score in Cinebench. I bought this Celeron on eBay from England and I got it in just an envelope where they just took the Celeron. 
and they just stuck it in some bubble wrap and they put it in a regular postage. They just, wow, you could never do that with, you know, right. And it survived fine because, you know, there's nothing to break on there. So, yeah, that's like, like I said, it is way more disastrous if you do bend a motherboard pin, but it is way harder to do that. I generally prefer LGA just because of that. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm in the minority, I think, with having that as my first reaction. <laughs> Most people are lauding the potential change. You just don't. Well, I guess the lesson is don't bend your pins. So mm-hmm. once and you get used to treating it very gingerly, then then I think it's okay. And, you know, one, one lesson I do want to pass on to someone who has never lived in that world, if you have to live in a multi-motherboard environment, do not assume those cap those plastic caps those covers on those are all the same because they are not mm-hmm. they are not all the same keep the cover with the particular motherboard in fact sometimes they change even from the same motherboard vendor like one a foxconn may be different than whoever else and sometimes you get these caps where they have plastic protrusions on the bottom and they will they will bend pins in, in the socket so i have seen that done by coworkers before you don't need the uh, – I mean, you only need the cover for an RMA just for protection. Like, So you can write on it with a Sharpie on the top so you can mark it so you know what, which belongs to which, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. Or, you know, you leave it in the motherboard box. But, yes, for people who don't know, you must keep that cover if you are going to return a bad motherboard for an RMA. They will not accept it. And that is because you throw that into a box, something's going to bounce around there and bend all the pins. It's your fault. So keep that cover. Also, is this all another way to uh, make a smoother transition to AM5 potentially? Be like, well, there's no way we could have it work on AM4. It's a different pin layout. Uh, you know, it's, it's a clean break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does work psychologically, you know, because people are not going to demand. If you try to use the exact same socket again, Somebody's going to screw around with it and find some way to add a nine volt battery to that motherboard and make make it sometimes work. And then everybody will demand that you need to support my, you know, FX 64 on here. You know, and it just kind of it does it does, you know, the joke is, you know, as I've said before, you know, Cortez got to the new world. He burned his ships. Right. So. You, you do have to leave everything behind and burn it. And that is a quote, if you don't know, from Hunt for Red October. But Gordon, I thought you said that the PC doesn't leave anybody behind. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. That doesn't mean, like, we never change. If we are going to, we are going to hold everybody so far behind that we never evolve, you have to slowly evolve. That doesn't mean you stop, hey, we're going to make this new motherboard that's not compatible with everything you have. No. But there are some things you you change once in a while. Like, you can't have everything. If you're going to move to DDR5, if you're going to move to PCIe 5, all the advanced, whatever they're going to stuff into these next CPUs, you, and you can't technically do it because you're being limited by the packaging, then you need to move. And we have done that many, many times before. You need more pins, you add more pins, right? You can't it – is, it is one of the strengths. When I say we don't leave people behind, we don't just simply take you, you – you will not see the PC go, you know what? We've AMD's not going to come out. They're not going to come out with, say, this new LGA. 
and they're not going to say, okay, we are no longer supporting AM4, right? Those boards will be sunset in 12 months. You will no longer get driver support. We forbid motherboard vendors from offering BIOS updates for them. You will, we are going to take you, put you on that life raft and cut the rope in order to move forward and make us better. That is the difference between the PC ecosystem and some companies that have no problems putting people on those life rafts and cutting the rope. So that's what I mean. Companies that you've recently had extended rants about. No, I mean, but you know, it's, it, you can't, there's, there's times when you have to, you have to do it. And yeah, cause that, that company could f- fully support older hardware, but they don't want to because it makes them weaker. It does make everything weaker. It makes it harder, right? It adds more overhead. It just, there's a lot of, you know, if your lowest common, if your lowest common denominator is a 12 year old Xeon workstation, it's a lot easier just to simply cut them off, which they have done, right? So that does, that's, that's exactly what I mean is you don't do it simply for profits, but that doesn't mean you stop from evolving, which again, Let's get to the next topic here. Besides the rumors of LGA, there's there's also a rumor of a new uh, a new um, a cooler layout, right? Mm-hmm. For Intel specifically, so right? a new Wait. mount for for LGA seventeen hundred. So for right. new Intel chips, right? So supposedly there's an LGA seventeen hundred socket. Rumors for Alder Lake, obviously new socket. No no kidding. You got two out of the previous socket, so now they're going to go to uh, LGA seventeen hundred. But the one thing that has stuck around ever since the original small socket Intel parts is that offset for the coolers. You could literally use a 1151 cooler from, I don't know, 10 years ago on a current motherboard. That looks like it may change with these new sockets. It's what a little, it's the same, same width, but a little bit longer now is what the rumors say. Um, I'm looking at, so this is, I think Tom's hardware who reported it and it does look like it will be longer. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that is, so again, you know, they're not simply doing that simply to piss people off. They're doing that because there are probably some real mechanical engineering reasons for it. Apparently the new socket for LGA 1500 is is shallower too. So maybe it's got a thinner Tim. Maybe there's just some reasons they're going to compact that down. So they're going to change that offset. So you do a new mount, it sort of forces all the all the coolers. You just can't. You're just not going to have that incompatibility of the same thing. Could you imagine the the nightmare of of someone trying to use their old cooler on a new on a new a newer 1700 board and basically having you know one or two millimeter gap so it's not going to sit flush. So maybe that forces it. Well, it does sound like that it, this is only going to apply to the stock cooler. So you won't be able to change, like, interchange the stock cooler some generation once this transition is made, rather. But it sounds like, I mean, everyone who has a third-party cooler, uh, I think, like, mm, like Noctua, Cooler Master, all those vendors are going to release a different mounting system. It just won't, it just won't like, match perfectly the size of the TIM, right? Because it's going right. to be different. Um but I think for most people uh, who build with Intel, they don't use the stock cooler unless I think you're down in like the budget range. I think anyone who's probably building with even an i5 or an above probably are still getting a third-party cooler anyway. So uh, 
I mean, obviously, we'd have to see what the differences are like for cooling, but I, I don't think this change is going to be too disruptive to existing users like who are looking to reuse the hardware. Right. So, you know, I, I think that's, that's again, that's, that is done for real reasons. It's not just simply done to make it convenient or increase profits for anybody. So that's what I'm saying by the whole, we don't leave people behind because you can't. Well, and uh, we have another celebrity in the chat, uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, um, a, a creator on the rise. I got um, my seller on, Ian. Yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, he, he points out uh, lots of commercial systems use stock coolers, so maybe that helps on the, the pre-built end as well. Yeah, I would, I would imagine they'd be specking new stock coolers anyway for these, these new parts, whatever they end up being. So, I don't. yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's a huge huge problem you know and and it's may again it's not necessarily a bad thing as we have seen making the community happy by bending over backwards to try to include really really old hardware sometimes can create massive amounts of headaches for everybody everybody has fixed resources motherboard vendors have fixed resources now they're going back and dealing with pretty old motherboards it 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 can create a mess for everybody and and it doesn't always work for everybody and then it also creates confusion where yeah everybody who follows everybody and reads everything knows you don't do this with that but a lot of people are just simply oh this cooler looks right and they don't know what's going on so it sounds like to me based on everything we've discussed so far you're okay with people being put on life rafts and left to fend for themselves (laughs) but you just don't want them thrown overboard without any like life preservers or rafts. Well, you have to, you, so the, so we're clearly, so we're not solving. Well, so Elaine is trying to give me a ration because I always say the entire PC has flourished on an open architecture. It's open, right? It's the openness of the PC. You can use one part A with part B. You can mix and match, the PC is has lived this way for a long time, where you don't intentionally you don't intentionally obs- make things obsolete. You don't simply kill them off to kill them off. It get it's really really hard to do it. You know we've done that. You don't you can't run you can't get Windows uh, XP drivers. You can't get uh, Windows Seven drivers for a lot of older hardware too, right? They sort of like you need to get off that unsupported twelve year old OS at this time, but and but like when you look at like graphics cards, you know ray tracing is awesome. It's a cool feature, but you can't on the PC just say, oh, you know what? We're no longer going to support graphics cards that don't do hardware ray tracing support. That's just not the way it works. It's not big enough. Not enough people have it. You would just go out of business yourself. But you know you try to the PC tries to be as inclusive and it has a really big tent for everybody. But sometimes people get out. You got to get them out of the tent. There are some got- companies that intentionally they intentionally kill hardware just to help themselves. I'm sorry. I'm only laughing because Adam is laughing. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think too what you're saying, Gordon. There's, yeah, there's too yeah. much fun in the chat today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, another CPU rumor, Gordon, have you heard Apple's coming out with a 40 core CPU? 
in their new Mac Pros. They're going to announce it at WWDC. It's going to blow the socks off the newest Mac Pro that they just introduced that hopefully no one bought. But, yeah. What do you think, Gordon? They're going to take over the world. I don't see that in a Mac. I don't see that in a 13-inch. Why would you do that in the 13-inch MacBook Pro? I mean, it no, doesn't no, 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 that no. make Mac, more Mac Pro. sense? Mac Pro. The big tower. Oh, oh, you mean the the big tower? No, yeah, I, yeah. I guess I could see that. That's, the one that's yeah, still on no Intel more. and, and uh, AMD. They have to. It makes sense. I am interested. I'm still interested to see what they do for graphics, the graphics side. Are they really going to go? You know, I I'm interested to see if Apple could possibly embrace using third party graphics vendors. I mean, that doesn't that seems to get them in the same boat as they were with Intel. But uh, yeah, hey, yeah, cool, best Mac ever. Not not something that somebody again who likes the openness of the PC would be attracted to. The competition of Intel, AMD, and NVIDIA fighting all the time and making better stuff. It's it's you're in Mac Island. If you want to be on Mac Island, it's more power to you. I I wish you well. I I, I just love that on Mac Island they announced the a Mac Pro something people have been wanting for for so long because the the trash can was such a flop. Uh, at the same time, announcing, hey, we're going to make new CPUs. It's not going to be in the new Mac Pro. You should still get that one, even <laughs> though we agree that that one's dead. <laughs> not going to be supported sometime in the future. We're, we're, but we're making new CPUs. It's just not in this one, and in the most expensive one. Uh, so you should buy that at least for a couple years until Wait. we introduce the new one. The, the way they handled that, if I was on Mac Island, would make me want to swim away through the shark-infested waters. No, but that's you. I like, would be no. super offended if I bought a Mac Pro. It's a, and it's a very different audience. I've just noticed. It's very. Not look when when the PC audience here is like, oh, there's a new socket. You're going to make me throw away my Hyper Two Twelve. I bought, I don't know, in two thousand and thirteen for twenty five dollars on sale. I'm still using that Hyper Two Twelve. I'm so angry at you for changing the dimensions of this socket. You know. And it doesn't, when you're on Mac Island, Mac Island people are, and I do this because I will read some of the comments on Mac Island, you know, websites, and they're like, gosh, I'm so glad that Apple has stopped supporting Intel products. The M2X couldn't have gotten here fast enough because I am so ready to get rid of my $10,000 Mac that I bought two years ago for a new ten thousand dollar mac and that is exactly what you will find over on mac island forums they don't go like wow you you just you just (laughs) you just lock me outside the walls and the zombies are coming what i'm still you know i'm i can still contribute to this community no no you're not you're not on the the new you need to step to it only ones on the our own architecture need to be inside you can go outside and die and that is that is a that's a big difference right i you know i I think what's so funny what what we're really trying to say here is that that you know if 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 you're worried and you really need to get in on it before it goes away you should buy a mac pro right now you can get an eight core intel uh processor 32 gigs of ram uh a radeon pro 50 580x uh, and 250 gigs of SSD storage for $6,000. It's a deal. You could j- j- get it now if you're oh. worried that it's going to get replaced. Oh. Um, you know, it, yeah. 
fucking i'm sorry yeah i do wonder how <laughs> so many stupid. people are actually spending their own money on that like it, i yeah. feel like that's got to be just corporation money i mean but still Business like somebody money. at the corporation has to be like we should get these and you know like in, oh my god like i would feel bad yeah, if i was the guy no, that yeah i just uh, you you elena i think you're really underestimating the mindset of people that are so bound to a particular brand that they are really, really happy to buy the same thing again in two years. And it's, it really is a very different take from, again, this is, but you know, it's, it's a bad thing on the PC where people, I'm no, I don't want to throw away the case I bought 12 years ago. I'm going to continue to use it. And it's, you know, so bad for the environment too. The PC approach is way better. Uh, speaking of which, before we move on, just to put a tie all this conversation together, kind of. If you remember back when Ryzen came out with AM4 sockets, all the major, or at least most of the major, CPU cooler makers released conversion bracket kits that you could spend like $5, sometimes even get them for free and get them mailed to you. Uh, depending on the differences made, if this happens, if the rumors prove true, uh, we could very well see that for your existing Noctuas and Cooler Masters and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't start, you know, grabbing pitchforks and torches quite yet. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. I mean, I think that's the case. I think I was just poking Gordon just a little bit. <laughs> I guess I'm feeling a little bit feisty today. Also, <laughs> um, but wait, sorry, one second, Adam. I was just going to say that, like, I don't deny that there are people who buy every two years, especially even just, like, MacBooks, like, not even talking about the Pro, but specifically talking about the Pro, I don't think they're the same audience. I don't necessarily think it's coming out of pocket. It's not. I'm it's going not. to... Uh-huh. I, I disagree. I think there are legitimately people who are really happy. I, and I'll never people. understand it. I just don't think know? it's the majority. But, I mean, <laughs> I think the thing that really just amazes me is when when, (laughs) there are really serviceable Macs out there that just simply get thrown overboard. And it always surprises me, you know, that they are happy. There's definitely some people are like sort of sick of it, but then there's people that are just the happiest clams ever to get throat punched into buying a new, a a brand new computer. So it is, it is a little mind boggling, because I like to make things last forever and get value out of it, but that's not the way it is over there. So, well, I mean, I think it's just more similar to a smartphone model. Because I, I mean, I don't think you're holding on to your smartphones for twelve years. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Why I, I was having a Twitter. I'm not to get too far off, but I was having a Twitter discussion with a fellow coworker um, about the new framework laptop, which is a it's a wonderful um, idea. I don't, it's a concept is a, a, a completely upgradable laptop where you can swap out main boards and ports over years and get a long service life. Um, my argument is like, we have to get away from glued together laptops because it's just not, it's not really sustainable computing. And the argument from the coworker was like, no, no, we don't. You can just keep buying a new laptop every five years and then take that laptop and Bring it to a recycling center where they will recycle it. And that was legitimately the mindset of that. And I was really kind of floored by it. And, you know, I I, I don't get it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of negatives to upgradable hardware versus a, a solid glued together laptop time. 
you know, to bring the desktop model over to laptops is, is something worthy of, of, of a, trying to attempt. Not for everybody, but for people who do want to do it. I, I think it's a good idea, but there are, there's people who really just buy into it hook, line and sinker that if I just keep giving this shiny company my money every five years or three years, everything is fine. Yeah, actually, uh, Steve from Gamers Nexus says uh, he's uh, he he throws out his MacBook every time it runs out of battery, so he he just buys a new one. <laughs> uh, he, he's not sure if he's he's using it wrong. Also, I did just go down a, a deep rabbit hole on GoDaddy to look for uh, MacIsland.com. dot oh, com. Unfortunately, MacIsland.com dot <laughs> com is taken, but there's there's some really good ones. Uh, uh, MacIsland dot tech, uh, MacIslandLife.com. dot com. Uh, MyMacIsland.com. Oh, oh, those yeah, the, yeah. Those are the fancy. There's some oh, good I, ones. I need yeah. to get a couple of those so I can start my Mac parody website. Well, and yeah, and uh, there's some people in the chat, including Steve, trying to, to figure out what happens on Mac, Mac Island. Uh, Steve said earlier that uh, Mac Island has zombies, sharks, and you'll get ejected from the boat if you have an old computer. Uh, but you'll have a, a safety vest on at least. Uh, <laughs> that's a new reality Wait, for your show. parody site are you just going to have a photograph of your uh, specter with the the apple logo sticker on it no i think it would be tongue-in-cheek covering of a certain company's moves and how uh in the in the normal way of saying everything is fantastic and this is the best idea ever even though clearly this is getting poked in the eyeball as hard as possible but to say Wow, I've never been poked in the eyeball like this before. I didn't realize I could enjoy being poked in the eyeball. As soon as the stars went away, you put that on a shirt. I realized which part. Gosh, <laughs> I really don't need a headphone jack. Right? I really don't need a headphone jack. I ah. never knew if I got if I got poked in the in the eyeballs that hard, I, it would be it would be fine. And then, of course. All of the other companies like, wow, we've been afraid to poke our customers in the eyeballs like that, too. But clearly, it is okay to poke customers in the eyeball. So we will also now <laughs> poke them in the eyeball by taking away the headphone jack. Meanwhile, on the PC <laughs> side of things, even DeLoreans have PCIe GPU connectors. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh my God! I'm sorry. Was, uh, what a show today! Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, transition, transition. Uh, speaking of poking people in the eyeballs, uh, Intel's going to make you get a new power supply, right, Gordon? Yeah, that's the rumor. So the rumor is, although I don't know, all I rumors. Had, all rumors. <laughs> I have not had a chance. This is all rumor. So I have not had a chance to ask people what is going on. But it sounds like Intel is encouraging motherboard and power supply vendors to have ATX 12 VO options or 12 ATX 12 VO ready in time for Alder Lake launch. Of course, Alder Lake is its next gener generation 10 nanometer chip, you know, big little, as far as we know, LGA 1700 new socket. But apparently they're also saying you also need to have ATX 12 VO. Um, and if you don't know, there's a story here. Uh, on PC World somewhere in ATX 12 VO, or you can read over in Gamers Nexus. They also have a fr uh, wonderful uh, video on it as well. ATX 12 VO is shedding 3.3 voltage legacy support, uh, 5 volt legacy that's in the power supply, moving it to the motherboard. The whole idea is you then have a motherboard that offers the right amount of power for it, 
instead of having it in the power supply. Um, and this is all made to uh, meet stringent state and um, other nation regulations for increasingly harder idle standby standby times for PCs. The what they have done is they don't they haven't really said like we if you're running a game or using 400 watts that's not our big deal. The big deal's all of the desktops in the world sitting there idling and doing nothing. Nobody ever shutting them down or putting them in standby. If we can get that idle you know power down from say 20 or 30 watts or you know 15 watts down to 7 watts across the entire fleet of desktop PCs, it's a huge savings and far more that you can get out of increasing efficiency at the top end. Um, it's a, So ATX12VO is out there as a proof of concept. There's a couple motherboards. There's some power supplies out there. But it sounds like Intel is really trying to push it for Alder Lake launch. What I don't know is whether they're going to say Alder Lake will only be ATX12VO and... That is something we don't know. I have a hard time believing all motherboard vendors would do that. I think they realize that 99% of the install base already has existing power supplies. They already have it. They just would not necessarily be ready to just turn the switch on to ATX12VO. So there may be traditional multi-rail ATX12V still out there. It's still supported. But maybe they also will have ATX12VO supported um, just to get the ball rolling. I think that makes sense. And if you're going to do the full freak out because you bought a 1,000-watt power supply and you know how hard they are to get due to mining and how expensive they are, a lot of those power supplies can be retrofitted to support ATX12VO uh, motherboards. You won't get the standby advantage of doing it, but again, you do it on an evolutionary path so you don't disrupt everything because... This is the PC ecosystem. We ecosystem. We we don't we don't throw people outside the walls to the zombies. We try to make it as least painful as possible. Even when we try to actually have to move forward, so it can be a lot smoother because the PCI connectors stay the same. A lot of the connectors actually stay the same on the motherboard. The main power changes. Power comes off of the motherboard itself, but it is a. It was originally designed to be as easy of a transition as possible rather than doing it as just some cool concept where you just plug everything into six pin or some cool, neat, some stuff that would on paper be radical and seem neat. But we know the PC community does not take well to radical change. So I, I honestly, I think it makes sense for it to be an evolutionary step-by-step change. Like you were saying, support both standards if this in fact happens. Because especially these days with the GPU mining, like power supplies are expensive and power supplies along with cases, memory, stuff like that are things I at least and I think a lot of people tend to carry over from build to build because you already have them. So for Alder Lake, if you're already potentially looking at DDDR5 upgrade or DDDR4 upgrade, if you have an older system, as well as needing to spring for a new power supply, that'll make it extremely more cost prohibitive. Whereas if you support both types cheap people like me could buy the ones that still support the older standard motherboard uh, power supplies and motherboards and just start rolling it out over the next few generations. Yeah. Uh, and it is, I mean, that's go ahead. I, I just had a couple questions, but yeah, nope. no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, that's one thing I think 
I that's why I don't think it'll be like a hard rule. Everything has to be ATX 12 VO because if you're going to make everybody buy DDR5, a new power supply, plus you're buying a new cooler or a mount or whatever, this just it adds up and it makes it harder to adopt. If you're making me buy all that, I'm probably buying Ryzen. <laughs> well, you got the same memory. You got the same memory and probably a new socket as well over there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but power supply. Yeah, that power makes supply. A big difference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, a couple of simple questions. Do to do. Here we go. Sorry, uh, uh, Santino was asking: uh, Wouldn't modular power supplies uh, just be able to swap out a cable? Is it is it simple as a cable swap, Gordon? Yeah, on some of the motherboards. In fact, um, I have a cable from Corsair that plugs into Corsair power supplies. It it, it will it will plug into an ATX twelve VO connector. Um, it looks like a dumb cable. Um, it's sleeve, but there's actually circuitry on the inside to deal with some of the special sauce in ATX-12VO. But you could take an existing fully modular power supply and convert it to ATX-12VO. You still don't get the standby savings as a full ATX-12VO, but you don't have to throw away your, your power supply. And that, that is, again, is the awesomeness of the uh, open architecture of the PC there at work, Elena. I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I just like to stir you up a little bit. That's all. <laughs> I'm just, I just don't understand because, I mean, people get all angry when some consoles don't work with older games. I, <laughs> to me, that's that was the, what's that the was big the... deal. Uh, so uh, Michael's asking, uh, so the inefficiency gets moved from the power supply to the motherboard? Or are we going to be crapping on motherboards yet again? Well, it doesn't. It does. You actually end up being more efficient because you you lose the three three and five volts. Which, and if you actually look at three three and five volts, the use of that has trended down. Um, I compared an older power supply to a, a more recent power supply, and you know, a very small slice of the of the budget of that power supply even goes to those rails anymore. So, um, you actually get more efficiency. Does it eliminate those altogether? In the power supply itself. So now they're putting 3, 3, and 5-volt conversion on the motherboard. Okay. So so currently you would plug your your SATA uh, SSD or hard drive into your power supply. In the new world, you would plug your SATA um, device into your motherboard. So you would get a power adapter that plugs into your motherboard. Um, it's in the, in the video and the uh, uh, story we have. And then you would plug that into your hard drive. Wait, I feel like the more pressing question is, what are we going to do about all that RGB? Well, yeah, that is a very interesting because some of it's, but most of that RGB is running off of the motherboard anyway for the ARGB, right? Well, They're so not- here's my, well, the thing is, is that once you get to a certain point, you're going to need a controller or a hub. And usually that you power that off of the power supply. So I'm wondering if that's still going to be a possibility. Yeah, so it's a little weird to me because the ATX-12VO spec allows them to have a SATA connect power connector off of the power supply. There's no rule saying you can't have it, but that power supply no longer makes 3.3 volts or 5 mm. volts. And mm. SATA, I think the original SATA connectors supplied both of those. So if you, it looks like a SATA connector, but if you look at I have it in the picture of my story – there's no other connectors to it. I think there's five volts in there. Or probably three, three. So if you have some 
SATA device that runs off of, you know, a voltage rail other than 12 volts, it won't work. A lot of, there may be some confusion when they plug in, mm. um, but you can still plug directly into the power supply. It is 12 volts only though, but the idea is to get it off the motherboard if you do need those other rails. All right. <laughs> and yeah, I talked to some board vendors and some board vendors thought it's like, well, we think we're, we do a better job of the voltage regulation anyway. And then, you know, I think it's a little mixed, but you know, the PC industry is, is really, it's really hard to get people to make the investment to move. That's why, again, I've been saying forever, we're stuck with ATX, ATX. And it's from, I mean, it's older than a lot of people's cars. And we are still using that as the, 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 the floor plan for how to build all computers, desktop computers. So, it can re it really you can use a, a remake I think. Uh, a couple more questions. Um, uh, would this help send more power through the PCIe lanes? Uh, would we have to do less uh, external power plugs on on GPUs? Do you think that that's coming from G- uh, Genac? Yeah, no, they didn't make any changes there. There still continues to be an ATX twelve VO a six pin GPU plug. Um, there. So there's basically a 10 pin, there's six pins, there's SATA. And I think they even have, uh, is, I can't remember. God, it's been a little while since I did that story, but I think the ATX 12, the EPS 12V, is that gone? I think that is still there as well. They, they really tried to make it. So EPS 12V, ATX 12V is still there. I think they, the idea really was we we are not going to make it too radical. We know people have all these parts in their parts bins. We can't go to a single because in theory, if the only thing you're getting off of that power supply is 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 12 volts, I was thinking, well, hell, why not just make it so you can Lego, you know, you can just Lego a whole bunch of connectors together and plug them in where you need it. There's like some really really cool ideas you could do. Say, like, yeah, we thought about that too, but you try to you try to get that radical and people. They punch you in the head because they don't want to do it, and that's that's exactly why BTX failed. Is because it was it was far too radical of a change, and it just didn't. Even though you had the muscle of Intel behind it, especially when Intel was was in a different situation than it is today, ATX or BTX did not succeed because people said we're not going to do this. You know, this is just way too hard to do. That was new motherboards, new layout, everything, new chassis. It was way too radical for everybody to eat. And, you know, they, I think Intel realized at the time, you, you got to go slow with these folks because they don't, they don't like change because you're going to throw away all of your power, your, your power supplies and chassis and everything. And it's just, it's just too hard to do. You can't do that. Uh, a couple more questions. Uh, uh, Michael, Dark Helmet, uh, other people were talking about what, what does this do for prices? Uh, since there'll be less components in the PSU, does that mean? PSU prices would go down, but then it's complicating motherboards. So does that mean motherboards prices are going to go up? Like, yeah, it's pre- it's presented as it'll it'll be a wash in the end, is what they say. I'll believe that when I see it. My guess, looking at past industry trends, are power supply prices will remain the same, but motherboard prices will go up. I, you know, and I think this is this does line up with that theory of like why. Who can who can we make hold the bag on this? Oh, the motherboard makers. <laughs> I was going to ask so, that actually. Yeah, exactly. Because if you think about it, because uh, 
It's like, well, okay, so you have your, so now remember, if you have a SATA hard drive or SSD that still needs, you know, three, three or five volts, you would plug it into your motherboard. So there is that short cable that goes, that plugs in from the motherboard that goes to the SATA drive. Who gives you that cable? The hard drive at SATA maker, the motherboard maker, the power supply maker. Who who's gonna who gives you that cable, right? And <laughs> I think it'll it probably stay with the motherboard maker. I think so too. Although you would think it would be in the interest of a SATA hard drive or SATA drive maker to give you this cable for ATX twelve VO, but or the power supply maker to to give that to you, but I, you know, it, it's, it's again, it's always the motherboard maker that gets shafted. They, mm-hmm. they always get shafted on everything. <laughs> I mean, just think of the amount of money people would save if they just stopped putting those stupid SLI or crossfire cables into motherboard boxes, right? Just like, just stop it already, but they talk still about, come with them. Talk about waste too, right? Um, so another question, a, a serious question from VC Jester, uh, do, do 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 we think motherboards are going to need more cooling because of all this uh, all this happening on there? Yeah, in theory, you're adding more. Although um, it's actually not as much. I compared a an ATX twelve VO uh, ASUS and ASRock board with the ATX version, and uh, it didn't look like it added like a million VRMs. You know, I think sort of when you think, wow, we're going to add all these extra, you know, VRMs to the motherboard, it's going to be like, you know, like a, the CPU that's just got this ringed by all the VRMs. It's it's not, it's just a few small components from the looks of it. I was kind of surprised. I, I do think, yeah, um, you might need, it might need adequate cooling. You would hope that the motherboard vendors do the engineering on that correctly. That's up to them, but it doesn't look like it's in, in my mind, you sort of picture like, wow, you know, where are you going to add all this? You've got already got like that L shape of VRMs already, already around there. There's no space for it, but it's typically on the right side and just a few components. So it, it doesn't look as bad as what you might imagine. Uh, also, we got a $5 super chat. Thank you so much from Leviathan prim. Uh, said, hi, PC World, with uh, ATX 12VO getting a push, do you think it will change ATX, micro-ATX, mini-ITX form factors? You know, that's actually the biggest advantage is if you look at those little tiny... Uh, I didn't talk about one of the big advantages of ATX 12VO is in mini-ITX. You take a mini-ITX board, you've got, already got limited space. They've already got those VRMs that are going vertical to just because they can't fit them on there. There's... They, Stuff is just jam-packed on there. And then you got this stupid, big-ass ATX main power connector, 24-pin. It's That's a lot of valuable real estate in downtown Manhattan, right? <laughs> just for mm-hmm. for something that you will not use. AT, I, Mini-ITX does not need all that power a 24-pin can provide. So you move to a small 10-pin. You've got suddenly a thinner, smaller cable that plugs in. You're now suddenly freeing up that space, although you still have to put, you know, the VRM somewhere. But it's it's comical the amount of space the 24-pin connector takes up. I think Mini ITX will really benefit from that, especially Mini ITX builds from ATX 12VL. So, you know, it could really be really popular for people that are into that form factor. Interesting. 
And plus the cables, you know, you're dealing with those t- 24 wires, heavy gauge, and you're snaking it. It's, oh, now you're I going to it. really thin. You're going to really think there's a lot of advantages to it. Once you sort of look at it, it doesn't, it shouldn't make you as angry as the PC community normally is. And I understand why. I get it. I get it. We don't want to be Apple here. We don't want to throw you out the airlock um, early, but this is a worthy endeavor. Hopefully, they're not going to say you must do this. I don't, I don't, I would hope they wouldn't, you know, but if they do, that could get messier, but I don't think they would because they sort of also want some success. And and again, remember, a lot of this is driven by uh, regulations. In California, we're always to blame for everything. A lot of this comes from California environmental regulations that are forcing machines built and sold here to have far better standby power. This gets them there. Let's see people continue to sell computers here. Meanwhile, here in New Hampshire, we don't have to wear seatbelts or <laughs> motorcycle helmets. You're all <laughs> rocking AT power supplies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You're not going to take my Windows XP. <laughs> nice. Uh, Timothy Bryce has a uh, clarification. Uh, are you saying that one cable will do power and data to the motherboard with SATA devices? No, no. You will still have normal SATA. Because actually, that was my question. It's like, wow, this is pretty cool. Why don't we have a single data SATA connector? And like, yeah, remember that radical part we talked about where people were like, wow, that's really cool. Why don't you go jump up your own butt? Because we are not going to pay for all that to do that. And that's exactly what they would say if they say, wow, that's really a great connector. We are not going to do that. No, you actually would be like, wow, that's a really great connector. Can you give us money to do that? Oh, no, you won't. Then now go jump up your own butt because we're not going to do it. So now, no, they're not. It doesn't, it doesn't do data because it's exactly why you can't do that. You, it's a lot of this industry is very much is carrot led. Uh, it doesn't work to try to lead people around by the stick. It doesn't work here. That only works if you're in a beautiful place with a lovely garden and, and, and beautiful blue skies and, a, nice and a big concrete walls to keep everybody out and also some razor wire and then maybe guard towers and then also <laughs> to keep people from leaving because they may leave and get infected you also cannot leave your walled garden either so that's great to do things like that and then, you know actually to be fair uh, a lot of those older Mac towers they actually had which seems bizarre but they were powered from the motherboard. You, if you had a discrete GPU, one of two that was BIOS locked to it, you plugged it into the motherboard and then you plugged it into the graphics card. So I, I remember looking at that list uh, back when I was on uh, Mac Pros and just being like, oh, okay, here, here's the list of GPUs I could get. Oh, man, <laughs> which one do I get? Yes, <laughs> that was one of the best things ever was um, there was a video person I worked at at a, at a prior uh, employer. He use the Mac, Mac Pro at home. And he's like, yeah, I'm stuck with this POS graphics card. And so he says, why don't you just buy another one? He goes, well, because there's only like two that work and it has to be like a GTX 7800, right? Um, oh, yeah, oh, 7800 GTX. Yeah, it was after. yeah, yeah. Because there was only, there was only a couple of GeForce had, ones. I had one at home. Yeah, and the, the rest of them, the yeah. rest of them were... Uh, um, or Radeons. Uh, no, no. Well, the, there was Radeons, but then the the... The production version of cards. What, why am I blanking on the name? Quadro. 
Quadro, yes, thank you. Quadro? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. So I actually had one of those 7800 GTXs <laughs> sitting in a box at home. He was so happy when I gave it to him because it's like... <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's like we fly over the wall of that walled garden with the helicopter, and we we drop like one like oh 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 GTX seven eight hundred oh I can use this. Uh, okay, uh, we walled garden. We should we should switch over to do some quick quick uh, questions before we get out of here. Uh, if you got questions right now, get them in the chat real quick. Uh, or if you haven't been any time during the week. Uh, for audio listeners, get over to the, our Discord link in the description. We have a channel over there that, mm-hmm. that you can put questions in. Uh, the first one is a, a super chat, a $35 super chat. Thank you so much, Mike Quinton, uh, for providing this uh, $35 super chat. Much appreciated. Uh, CPU question for you, Gordon. Uh, what do I get for 5 gigahertz versus 3.5 gigahertz uh, in a CPU? How fast can Microsoft Word go or Roblox or Far Cry? What what's the practical benefits of of uh, higher clock higher clocks on a CPU? Uh, well, I mean that is, I mean the, you know the old the old argument is megahertz doesn't matter, and I would argue it does matter. I think everybody understands it does, as long as you're talking about the same CPU family. And if you're talking about going from a say, an Intel or an AMD part limited at 3.5 gigahertz going up to 5 gigahertz, you will get a reasonable amount of performance increase that is quite sizable. Um, It's far better than your typical going from, you know, 4.2 gigahertz to 4.6 gigahertz, which is fairly minimal. I would argue you would get a very sizable increase, whatever that is, 3.5 to 5 that that is a that is a substantial clock benefit. Um, it will in benchmarks, in a lot of gaming, Roblox, in Word, a lot of the sort of sensitive to very light thread boosty loads get you more performance. It'll feel snappier. Um, are you really going? Will it change how you experience Word? I would argue probably not that much. Would it give you far higher frame rates than, say, Counter-Strike or Roblox or Minecraft? You know, that's not GPU limited with all the shader stuff. Yeah, you will get you will get a very, very decent increase in performance going from a hard 3.5 to 5 gigahertz cap. So whatever yeah, that it, is. It might not help you in Word. It, it, I think... Going from 3.5 to 5, you would probably notice it in some way. Like, it would just feel a little snappier. But if you're using yep. massive Excel databases, let's say, you will definitely feel that they're... Like, it all depends on the applications, but yeah, you will Power. notice it in a lot of daily applications, I would think. Yeah, a lot of Office stuff is is very single-threaded, very light boost. Uh, Excel does, like, a core count, interestingly. But even going from a 3.5 to 5 gigahertz in Excel should give you a, a you know... We're talking about single, single core, single thread clock. Clock megahertz does matter quite a bit, and especially when you're going from so low of a clock speed to such a high clock speed, it's it's worth it. And just for the record, we are talking about same gen to same gen, right? Yes, yeah, same same thing to same thing is is the argument. It would not be, yeah. If you have an older, like I don't know, five year old, ten year old processor that's 3.5 gigahertz and you're looking to move to a modern processor that's 5 gigahertz you will see those performance benefits and a whole lot of other benefits as well just from a practical standpoint so yeah it does really get into this weird question because you know 
I will tell you from running benchmarks in of office applications, it's it's very like say you might get twenty percent higher score, and then you actually dive into the sub scores, and you're talking about you know point you know point eight versus you know point five seconds. It's some of those things are really hard to feel, but it does kind of add up sometimes. It's 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 just weird perception of performance on a computer on those on those very lightly threaded tasks which i i haven't really quite wrapped my head about how to interpret and into how to tell people to buy but snap performance it 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 does matter it does matter and i can tell you that because a lot of those tiger lake laptops are really really definitely higher clocks than your mobile ryzen and they feel snappy when you're on battery so but is that gonna is is the value of that as much as that sort of like uh yeah it feels a little faster versus you know I just did a video encode and it took half the time that's definitely more noticeable you know yeah so but if this dude's asking about uh word speeds and Roblox and stuff yes. like that I'm guessing video encodes aren't on the table yeah yeah I'll shut up <laughs> no no worries I I I had that same thing when I was a, a first you know, PC user, I was like, oh, well, this number is higher, but this one has more cores. Wait, which one, which one should I get? I mean, it's two different numbers that kind of dictate two different things. Yeah. And, you know, you got to remember it's all balanced because I, I would argue if you're like an average person and you're playing Roblox, you're using Office, you're doing browsing, you know, Core i5, 6 core, <laughs> you don't need any more, right? Is it really? Yeah, sure. I can tell you, Core i nine is going to be faster, more cores, higher clocks. Is it worth it? Isn't it? I would probably take a larger SSD that's faster over the difference between i five and i nine for a lot of regular people. Cool, I dig it. Uh, a question from a while ago: uh, Sam GH uh, has a GPU one. Uh, is Nvidia Ampere a win for Nvidia technologically? Turing was the first RTX card, but NVIDIA made so many improvements. Uh, they cleaned up Pascal. They put Pascal on a better processing node, and they kept power consumption and heat under control. In Ampere, they just threw a gigantic number of CUDA cores. Do you agree with that statement, and is it a big jump technologically? Uh, I think practically it is, at the very least. I think... Part of the reason the RTX 20 series is remembered so not fondly, even though it did introduce RTX and DLSS, it's because it didn't offer many practical, like traditional performance gains for graphics cards, for games. Uh, and I think they definitely delivered with that with Ampere. So from that point of view, I think it's very much a success technologically. It supports PCIe Gen 4. It now supports resizable bar. Like There are big differences in here. It's kind of like the TikTok thing. I think of it as with this generation, like the RTX 20 series was, you know, getting everything set up. Like here, we're introducing the new stuff. This generation is okay. Now we're taking that and doing more with it. So I would much rather personally have bought an RTX 30 series card than an RTX 20 series card at a practical level. Technologically. Yes. Uh, it's, it's pretty power hungry, but you know, RDNA 2 is still only slightly better than that. It took RDNA from AMD to catch up to what NVIDIA is doing now. So, Okay. Right. Cool. So was that a sideways burn on 20 series by the person? <laughs> no, I think he's genuinely asking. A lot of people don't look at Ampere as being super great technologically wise. 
But like I said, practically, I think there's not really much to complain about aside from the high prices that I ranted about earlier. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Siberian has a, a serious question. Said, uh, isn't it because of the people like on the Full Nerd Show uh, that we still have this amazing openness for the PC, PC ecosystem? Isn't it a bit dangerous to take it for granted? Yeah, you always have to be vigilant. I mean, I ask questions of vendors, and I've been asking them, you know, because I, I'm really afraid. Um, I think we asked that last time we had Frank on, and it was, you own GPU, you own CPU. <laughs> it's really easy to go like, well, why don't we just meld the two and lock out NVIDIA, you know, lock out Intel, right? You could see that being very, very attractive. You could see, you know, that's been brought up and it would be irresponsible not to consider that. At the same time, I think everybody appreciates the, what has made the PC special is the open design of it and the fact that you can intermix different components. So, but we all have to be ever vigilant. You know, again, this is why if Alder Lake will be ATX 12 VO only, we put we draw a line in the sand. I I think people are going to be really unhappy with any decision like that. I think if it's if they do want people to do it, you know, if they offer it as an option, but maybe a good carrot for people to do it, that's different. But trying to force people to move along is generally does not work in this world. And and yeah, that's part of is we must demand that we remain open, right, on everything hey. as much as possible. I think here at PC World, we really try to be advocates for you and me, for consumers, not not for things like that. We really strive to make that a focus. I think Steve and the crew at the Gamers Nexus also do a killer job at that. Uh, like in the past, there were times, I don't know if anybody remembers, but NVIDIA's GeForce Experience is now locked behind registration. Uh, but at the time that they announced that, their initial plan was to lock all game-ready drivers behind email registration and stuff like that. So you couldn't go to the site and directly download game ready drivers. Most of the industry, when that announcement happened, reported on the new list of features because to soften the blow, NVIDIA announced the list of features, cool new things coming to say. And everyone's like, oh, hey, look at this new stuff GeForce Experience is getting. Whereas I took it from the angle as, hey, guys, NVIDIA is trying to lock these drivers. <laughs> like you can't get game ready drivers unless you sign up with an email address and register, and that's BS. Uh, fortunately, they decided to change that plan. At least you can still go download the drivers. But that's the kind of approach that we try to take here. What what, what works for you guys? So what and me as someone who buys this stuff as well. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm glad Splat's here. Uh, does he have a, a comment on the PC ecosystem? No, he wants to know why he's not getting fed. Ah, dang it. <laughs> me too. I want to know why I'm not getting fed. <laughs> It's <laughs> true, true. A couple more questions and we'll get out of here. Um, back on the ATX 12VO thing over on Discord, uh, Oso Rojo asked, do you think this ATX 12VO switch on motherboards will push GPU partners to go to the 12-pin like NVIDIA's Founders Edition? Is it possible Radeon or other partners would consider this too? Does that have anything? No, anything uh, again, it? you know, it is... No, it won't It won't force it. And, and again, it is made to be a very soft um change it, it continues to support you know the standard pcie connectors for power um atx 12 eps 12 v i really need to look at that i'm pretty sure it does 
Uh, so it really is the main power connector that changes and moving, getting rid of 3, 3, and 5 volts, moving that on the motherboard. Everything else is to try to make soften the blow as possible. That would be kind of cool, right, if people moved to that 12-pin connector. But at the moment, you know, it it doesn't happen. Um, and I will say it's one of those things where you always sort of regret it. I interviewed the person who uh, invented – is credited with inventing USB. And he said that one of his greatest regrets was not making it flip, right, instead of – because as we know, a USB Type-A is a square connector, and it only fits one way. It's not keyed, so you always have to do it four times to make it fit once. <clears throat> and he said he had wished they could have done a reversible connector. But, you know, at the time, when you're looking at the 1990s and you're designing it's this connector that at, was really groundbreaking at the time for serial connector, if they had tried to say, yeah, we're going to make this connector that is reversible – which adds a whole lot more engineering, a whole lot more costs, it would have, I will tell you, it would have failed. It just would have failed because the more expensive you make it, the least likely it is to succeed. Um, and I don't know when we would get a chance to support ATX-12, uh, any kind of like 12-pin connector. I don't think it'll be for a long time because these things sort of stick around for 10 or 20 years. So I don't think it'll ever happen at this point. For, for what it's worth, I know NVIDIA created that connector, obviously. Uh, so it's not the PCIe, you know, yeah. spec one. They said at the launch of the RTX 30 series that they planned on opening it up for other people. I don't know if they ever actually did. They may have. They may not have. I'm not sure. I haven't followed up on that. Uh, but I think it's extremely telling that if you look at, you know, all the RTX 30 custom boards, all or virtually all of the board partners skipped that 12-pin connector and went with the traditional stuff. So I don't, I don't see the 12-pin having a big adoption anytime soon. Yeah. Although it's also, I understand there's a new P-Sync, PowerSync spec coming mm-hmm. out. It's this connector that plugs in, but it, it only works on NVIDIA cards. And, uh, <laughs> but apparently AMD is working on uh, open PowerSync. So it, it looks sort of like <laughs> it, but it's... But but it's like just open. standard eight pin connections. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. Uh, okay, a couple more. Uh, this is an interesting one. A dark helmet, a uh, friend of the show over on Discord said, "I started experimenting with the Topaz Video Suite, which Gordon has started using in his CPU benchmarks. I was using the Video Enhance AI to upscale a two-hour DVD file to 4K using my 3080." And the program said it would take 17 hours. Is there any concerns about this impacting the durability of the GPU? And this this applies to other things too. You know, if I mean, if you're mining, if you're, you know, uh, doing other heavy compute stuff for a long time, should should they be worried? I don't I mean, think so. Go no. ahead, Brad. The thing with mining is you do it all day, every day. I mean, running the occasional upscale thing like that. Same as going on a. 12-hour gaming binge, like, doing that every now and again is not going to make a big difference. These things are built for that. But it is cool, though, right? That I mean, it is nice to be able to... 17 hours, think how long it would have taken on your CPU, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, don't sweat it. Okay, cool. Uh, and... Yeah. Uh, I think that is the last serious one. Uh... Oh, you know what? Here's a good one. Uh, no, let's save this one for another time. Um, so the... Yeah, there's BB. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, Gordon, you have one, one last uh, fun question from VC Gesture, uh, friend of the show, said... Is it about aliens? <laughs> no, it was about aliens. Uh, right before the alien... No, no. No, 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 no. This is, this is not versus, okay? Uh, right before the alien queen... I thought he was going to argue back to future back part three... Oh, <laughs> which is better part two or part three actually he did make steve from gamers nexus chime in with with uh does he prefer alien or aliens and steve says alien so just so you no know. just to piss you off though he said whatever gordon doesn't like that's my favorite uh, anyway the, the question uh right before the alien queen kills bishop he pauses a second to analyze a drop of acid would he have dodged out of the way and survived if he was using the faster M1 chip? <laughs> Bishop on an M1. Could, have, could he have survived that encounter if he was on the M1? Gordon. Hmm. Well, you know, Bishop did actually survive that encounter. But you see how um, I'm not going to mention. Now, Bishop survived that encounter. Ash did not survive his encounter. Well, no, because they, yeah, they pulled the plug, you know? Oh. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. It's all <laughs> old, old Hyperdyne systems. A, A1, uh, is it A12? Is it A12? I forget what the model number is. I, I don't uh, there were, off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, it was uh, old, old Hyperdyne systems. It, um, it had, there were, there was a malfunction, some, fatalities occurred yeah you know I, come on I, I mean he was also not on a a, a learning computer um so yeah that's well it makes sense because it, it would, his cpu was the old ones were, were always a little they were always a little twitchy yeah. the the newer uh <laughs> uh you you cannot if you cannot quote verbatim from aliens I just, I despise you. Come on, it's aliens. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was taking it back to Terminator. So anyway, um, okay, yep. Let's get out of here, Gordon. I'm, I'm hungry. I need food, as, as hey, well as I the have cats. One last question. Oh, you for do? Gordon. Oh, okay. Go for I it. I have one last question for go Gordon. back. There we go. Did you choose that particular shot of the DeLorean to kind of honor the fact that we were talking about power supplies and power supply connectors? Because this whole time, it just looks like two six-pin connectors to me. <laughs> and staring at it, yeah. <laughs> you know, I never realized that. That's. <laughs> and for audio listeners, sorry, Gordon has a DeLorean as his back virtual background this time. Hmm. It just kind of makes me realize. I wonder if the new one like had an eight-pin and a six-pin. No, I guess they're both six men. <laughs> All right, I'm nice. done. Okay, yeah, let's 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 uh, get out of here, Gordon. Take I thought you going to try to troll me again about the open the openness of the PC and how we embrace everybody, but no, <laughs> I don't know why that bugs some people. Embrace can get encourage them to go on a raft at some point. Yeah, eventually, yeah. Yeah, eventually, yes. There is a point where, like, you've got the lesions on your face and you're coughing. <laughs> I'm okay. I didn't get bit. <laughs> Just sit on the raft. Just sit on the raft. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> some places, some places, it's just like, well, wait, wait, me? Why am I being forced to leave? Well, uh, you saw the zombie. Yeah, but it was like 100 yards away. I Well, it's, we can't take that risk. 
that's a society we can't we can't take that risk <laughs> so check back for your check back next week for your fix of pc talk on the full nerd for audio listeners subscribe to us on itunes google play spotify or stitcher and also please do leave us a review every time you do we make a zombie reference and how open the pc is versus other places that have walled prisons send questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com thanks for coming i'm gordon Ung with barry charkas Adios, yo. Elena Yee. Hi, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Uh, Evo Cotty Productions, friend of the show, gave us $5. Thank you so much and said that we should make a, uh, a full nerd NFT. Uh, and if, if we do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it that money and I'm going to go to Mac Island. So we'll see everybody over on Mac Island. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>